0: Welcome to Mana for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Well, good morning. Welcome to Mana for Breakfast, the radio edition and the podcast edition. Thank you guys for being with us this morning so we are going to move into quickly i guess this day in history so let's just do a couple uh a couple of events that happened on this day this was the day march 28th where the three mile island nuclear reactor station partially melted down the amazing thing was they had re- the um nuclear industry had laughed at the movie the China Syndrome had been released 12 days earlier, saying that it was impossible. It was fiction. Nothing like that could ever happen. <laughs> and 12 days later after the film, the Three Mile Island starts to melt down. So that's pretty bizarre when you think about it. Um, and let's see. That's about, uh, there might be one more thing we can look at. First washing machine ever invented, March 28, 1779, patent given to Nathaniel Briggs in New Hampshire, called the Box Mangler. <laughs> How's that for a washing machine? The Box Mangler. I'm going to tell Renee, hey, can you put the clothes, or can I, you want me to put the clothes in the Box Mangler? Uh, Results in a series of long wooden rollers. Washing was laid flat on a sheet and wound around one of the rollers. Two people pulled on the lever to move the heavy box back and forth over the rollers. (laughs) Oh, so you did the washing. (laughs) You shook the box. And that's pretty interesting. Okay, um, dad joke for the day. Here we go. What is better than a horse that can count? What's better than a horse that can count? Well, a spelling bee, a snake that can adder. Rabbits that multiply, cells that divide, and calculator, (laughs) calculator. Those are all better than a horse they can count. So the reading, as you do not know, you cannot see, we're on the the radio, it's Deuteronomy 11 through 13 and, and Luke 4 this morning. So let's find our places and we'll pray and get started. Father, thank you for this morning and thank you for the radio. Thank you. We have some way to communicate one with another, and we do ask that you would bless this time that we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Deuteronomy 11. You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep his charge, his statutes, his ordinances, his commandments. Know this day that I am not speaking with your sons who have not known or who have not seen the discipline of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his outstretched arm, and his signs and his works, which he did in the midst of Egypt to Pharaoh the king of Egypt and to all his land. And what he did to Egypt's army and to its horses and to its chariots, when he made the water of the Red Sea to engulf them while they were pursuing you, and the Lord completely destroyed them, And what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place and what he did to dathan and abiram the sons of elab the sons of reuben when the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them their households their tents and every living thing that followed them among all israel but your own eyes have seen all the great work of the lord which he did and you shall therefore keep every commandment which I am commanding you today, so that you may be strong, and go in and possess the land into which you are about to cross to possess it, so that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their descendants a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land into which you are entering to possess it, it is, is not like the land of Egypt from which you came where you used to sow your seed and water with your foot like a vegetable garden. But the land to which you are about to cross to possess it, a land of hills and valleys, drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land from which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the the Lord your God are always on it, from the beginning even to the end of the year. It shall come about if you listen obediently to the commandments which I am commanding you today, To love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart and all your soul, that he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early and late rain, that you may gather in your grain and your new wine and your oil. He will give grass in your fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Beware that your hearts are not deceived and that you do not turn away and serve other gods and worship them. For the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain, and the ground will not yield its fruit, and you will perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. You shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall teach them to your sons, talking of them when you sit in your house and when you are walking along the road, and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, so that the days and the days of your sons may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens remain above the earth. Verse 22, for if you are careful to keep all this commandment, which I am commanding you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours, your border will be from the wilderness to Lebanon and from the river, the river of Euphrates as far as the Western Sea. No man will be able to stand before you. The Lord your God will lay a dread of you and the fear of you on all the land on which you set foot as he has spoken to you. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God which I am commanding you today, and a curse if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I'm commanding you today by following other gods which you have not known. It shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land where you are entering to possess it, that you shall place the blessing on Mount Gizarim and a curse On Mount Ebal. Are they not across the Jordan west of the way towards the sunset in the land of the Canaanites who live in the Arabah opposite Gilgal beside the Oaks of Memory? For you are about to cross the Jordan and go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall possess it and live in it. And you shall be careful to do all the statutes and the judgments which I am setting before you today. These are the statutes and the judgments which you shall carefully observe in the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess as long as you live on the earth. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. Verse three, you shall tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and burn their ashram with fire. You shall cut down the engraved images of their gods and obliterate their name from that place. You shall not act like this towards the Lord your God, but you shall seek the Lord at the place which the Lord your God will choose from all your tribes to establish his name, therefore his dwelling, and there you shall come. There you shall bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, your contribution of your hand, your votive offering, your free will offering, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. There also you and your households shall eat before the Lord your God and rejoice in all your undertakings, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall not do all what we are doing today every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes for you have not as yet come to the resting place and the inheritance which the lord your god is giving you when you cross the jordan and live in the land which the lord your god is giving you to inherit and he gives you rest from all your enemies around you so that you live in security then it shall come about That the place in which the Lord your God will choose for his name to dwell, there you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and your contribution of your hand, and all your choice votive offerings, which you will vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters, your male and your female servants, and the Levite who is within your gates, so he has no portion or inheritance with you. Be careful that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every cultic place you see, but in the place which the Lord chooses in one of your tribes, there you shall offer your burnt offerings and there you shall do all that I command you. However, you may slaughter and eat meat within any of your gates, whatever you desire, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you, the unclean and the clean may eat of it, as of the gazelle and the deer. Only you shall not eat the blood you are to pour it out on the ground like water. You're not allowed to eat within your gates the tie of your grain or the new wine or oil or the firstborn of your herd or flock or any of your votive offerings which you vow or your free will offerings or the contribution of your hand but you shall eat them before the Lord your God in the place which the Lord your God will choose you and your sons and your daughters and your male and female servants and the Levite who is within your gates. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God in all your undertakings. Be careful that you do not forsake the Levite as long as you live in the land. When the Lord your God extends your border... As he has promised you, and you say, I will eat meat, because you desire to eat meat, then you shall eat meat, whatever you desire. If the place which the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, then you may slaughter of your herd and your flock, which the Lord has given you, as I have commanded you, and you may eat within the gates, whatever you desire. Just as a gazelle or a deer is eaten, so you will eat it, the unclean and the clean alike may eat of it. Only be sure not to eat the blood, for the blood is the life, and you shall not eat the life with the flesh. You shall not eat it, you shall pour it out on the ground like water. You shall not eat it, so that it may be well with you and your sons after you, for you will be doing what is right in the sight of the Lord. Only... Your holy things, which you may have in your votive offerings, you shall take and go to the place which the Lord chooses. And you shall offer your burnt offerings, the flesh and the blood, on the altar of the Lord your God. And the blood of your sacrifices shall be poured out on the altar of the Lord your God, and you shall eat the flesh. Be careful to listen to all these words which I command you, so that it may be well with you and your sons after you and you will be doing what is good and right in the sight of the lord your god when the lord your god cuts off before you the nations which you are going in to dispossess and you dispossess them and dwell in their land beware that you are not ensnared to follow them after they are destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, How do these nations serve their gods that I am about, so that I also may do likewise? You shall not behave thus towards the Lord your God, for every abominable act which the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. For they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Whatever I command you, you should be careful to do, You shall not add or take away from it. Chapter 13. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them, You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Verse 4, you shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has concealed rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery to seduce you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall purge the evil from among you. If your brother, your mother's son, or your son or daughter, or your wife you cherish, or your friend, who is as your own soul, entice you secretly, saying, let us go and serve other gods, whom neither you nor your Father have known, of the gods of the peoples who are around you, near you, or far from you, from one end of the earth to the other. You shall not yield to them, nor listen to them, and your eyes shall not pity them, nor shall you spare or conceal them, but you shall surely kill him. Your hand shall be first against him, to put him to death and afterwards the hand of all the people so you shall stone him to death because he has sought to seduce you from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery then all Israel will hear and be afraid and will never again do such wicked things among you if you hear in one of your cities which the Lord your God is giving you to live in, anyone saying that some worthless men have gone out from among you and have seduced the inhabitants of the city saying, let us go and serve other gods whom you have not known, then you shall investigate and search out and inquire thoroughly. If it is true and the matter is established that this abomination has been done among you, you shall surely strike the inhabitants of the city with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying it, and all that is in it and its cattle with the edge of the sword. Then you shall gather all its booty into the middle of the open square and burn the city and all its booty with its fire and the whole burnt offering to the Lord your God, and it shall be as a ruin forever. It shall never be rebuilt. Nothing from that which is put under the band shall cling to your hand in order that the Lord may turn from his burning anger and show mercy to you and have compassion on you and make you increase just as he has sworn to your fathers. If you will listen to the voice of the Lord your God keeping all his commandments which I'm concerning you today and doing what is right in the sight of the Lord your God. So there's um, many things to, as always, go into there in those chapters covering a lot of ground. The first uh, thing I noticed there is the faithfulness to God. You know, the the setting two things before them, a blessing and a curse. If you do this, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you'll be cursed. He, he They're about to go into the land. They're about to enter in all into the land God had promised them. And essentially what God is promising them is a a semi-Eden Not Eden, obviously, because Eden did not have sin in it and had the presence of God there every day. But this was as good as it could get uh, after the fall. He had to expel Adam and Eve out of the garden. And now they've gone through all of this time of hardship and fallen into idolatry. And, of course, the world just wandered away from Yahweh and said, we don't want to follow you. But now he's reaching out to them and saying, I desire to bring you back into a garden-like atmosphere, a place where the rains come down from heaven, they water the seed, it grows, and you'll always have grass and field for your animals, you always have crops, you'll always have you'll have plenty and good, good seed harvest times. He's a promise from God is as, as close as he could, bring them back to the original design. In a fallen world, along with rebellious people and warring nations, he says, I want to do that for you. And yes, there'll be giants. Yes, there'll be warring nations, but I'll be your protection. I'm going to go in before you to show you and to show the world that my desire and my plan for mankind is to enjoy the beauty of the earth, to walk with me, to have a relationship with me and enjoy the cool of the day that the rest of your existence is not all about toil. Toil and suffering uh, because of your sin. He was desiring to bless them. So this is the warning to them, and it's very clear, of course, as they're going in, and of course, we're going to see they don't really follow the instructions. But he gives them these different places, different ways that they can sacrifice their animals, different ways they can eat. He realizes they're going to go in and have one area where the two sacrifice the animals to him. There was going to eventually be an establishment of the temple in Jerusalem. They hadn't named it yet. But this would all, he says, and if you're too far away, you can eat where you are. There's different ways that you can you can uh, enjoy the land, but, but when you want to have the fellowship and want to bring the, the, you need to bring the sacrifices to me in this one place. Now, those that would cause you to follow away, to follow after the gods, a strong warning, because remember, Eve was tempted by, we say the devil, it was the Nagash. It was probably Satan, but it does not say it was Satan. Remember, there was many fallen ones um, that came with him. It could have been his, his chief adjutant, the Nagash, the serpent-like being. But regardless, they become these false gods in the world. And, you know, after the Tower of Babel, and everybody disperses, now they're all around the place, tempting people away from God. And he's saying, Don't go after those gods. But if someone entices you, you have to deal with them corporal punishment. They're establishing something new, a nation that follows after God. He knew that they, they would be under attack spiritually and physically. So just as, it's, it's a strange concept for us to think about, but just as he says, if you see a man coming after you with a spear to kill you from the warring nations, you need to defend yourself, and you have to kill them. In other words, there was a, there was a, a mandate for the preservation of Israel, Israel to go to war, to preserve what God had given them, and to be his people so they knew that they would be attacked physically and so they were to preserve them their own lives to protect their their country and their lives and so they had the mandate there but he also gives up the same things in interestingly and it's strange to think about on the spiritual side if you're being attacked spiritually with these false gods and someone's enticing you even with false miracles and saying no let's go after these other gods let's sacrifice our kids to Moloch, and god will bless our harvest Everything's been going bad, and because they don't want to admit they're not following Yahweh, but our harvest is going bad, everything's going bad, we're getting destroyed by our enemies, let's sacrifice our kids to to Molech and and watch what happens. And you get enticed by that, then he says you're to take those people and stone them to death. And again, it's it's harsh, but you can see the logic of this to cut out the cancer in the beginning. Now this was all to, to establish Israel, It was not meant to continue because Jesus comes along and he establishes the law of grace that we were to pray for our enemies and we were to not seek after their destruction. It was for a a time period. The unfortunate thing is the Islamic nation has taken what the Bible had said, twisted it and applied it to themselves and made Jesus the bad guy. The exact opposite of what it was meant to do and what it meant to say because we know Jesus is deity, that he's part of the Godhead. He is in no way, shape, or form another God. He is the God. Yet now, in our modern day, you see someone who's a Christian and a missionary standing up and saying, Jesus loves you, and they say, Aha, according to the law of Deuteronomy, we have the right to stone you to death. And you see fathers stoning their daughters. You see, you know, Kids stoning their parents, whatever it is, they still happens today, it's just, it's sick, it's demonic, it's horrible, and we have to pray for them. They need the grace of God to come into their life. They need to come out of the, the demonic deception of the Old Testament. Satan loves to take the scripture and twist it and use it against us if possible, as we saw that kind of yesterday with Jesus in his temptation. It's very sad but it's an unfortunate truth all right now we'll move on to luke chapter 4 and look at the rest of chapter 4 and he came down to capernaum and the city of galilee and he was teaching them on the sabbath and they were amazed at his teaching for his message was with authority in the synagogue there was a man possessed by the spirit of an unclean demon And he cried out with a loud voice, Let us alone! What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst of the people, he came out of him without doing him any harm. An amazement came upon all them all and they began talking with one another saying what is this message for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out and the report about him was spreading into every locality in the surrounding district verse 38 then he got up and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him to help her. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her. And she immediately got up and waited on them. While the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and laying his hands on each one of them, he was healing them. Demons also were coming out of many shouting, you're the son of God, but rebuking them who would not allow them to speak because they knew him to be the Christ. When the day came, Jesus left and went into a secluded place and the crowds were searching for him and came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. So he kept on preaching. In the synagogues of Judea, so why did he rebuke these demons and say, "Be quiet"? Daniel seventy week prophecy in Daniel. The whole issue that on April 6 thirty two A.D., Jesus would ride in on a donkey from the proclamation of Artaxerxes in April fourteenth, four forty two B.C. till April sixth, the on the thirty two A.D was 173,880 days, the exact prophecy in Daniel. Jesus was waiting for that day to be proclaimed King and Messiah. Now, he was proclaiming that to his disciples and to certain people around him in a, shall we say, a muted fashion, not open, openly, but publicly now these, these are crying out. And I think it was for the prophecy issue primarily, but of, of course, if they're crying this out, you are the Son of God, the Messiah, it's going to alert the Pharisees who are now going to be more aggressive, perhaps, in trying to condemn him and get him crucified. So it may have had a dual purpose, not sure. We're not told why, he tells them, to rebuke, but it is, he, he basically has told other people, my time has not yet come. He told that to his mother as well. So it seems it's all pointing to this culmination of that date when he rides into Jerusalem in preparation of his of course, he's going to the cross. Very interesting. All right. Charles Spurgeon, the title is lead the way verse Deuteronomy twenty-eight thirteen: The Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. If we obey the Lord, he will compel our adversaries to see that his blessing rests upon us. Though this be a promise of the law, yet it stands good to the people of God. For Jesus has removed the curse, but he has established the blessing. It is for saints to lead the way among men by holy influence. They are not to be the tail, to be dragged hither and thither from others. We must not yield to the spirit of the age, but compel the age to do homage to Christ. If the Lord be with us, we shall not crave toleration of religion. If the Lord be with us, we shalt not crave toleration of for religion, but we shall seek to seat it on the throne of society. Has not the Lord Jesus made his people priests? Surely they are to teach and must not be learners from the philosophies of unbelievers are we not in christ made kings to reign upon the earth how then can we be servants of custom the slaves of human opinion have you dear friend taken up your true position for jesus too many are silent because of defiant if not cowardly too many are silent because diffident and not cowardly i think that's probably misspelling but it says diffident <laughs> okay If you know that word, let me know. Should we allow the name of the Lord Jesus to be kept in the background? Should our religion drag along as the tails? Should it not rather lead the way and be the ruling force with ourselves and others? Yes and amen, it should be, but in the right spirit. Too many churches are taking this verse and, and twisting it, saying we're the head and not the tail, therefore we should be rich. And we should have all the, all the wealth of the world, and we should be ruling the world politically and somewhat arrogantly, I would say, the way they seem to, to present it, because we're the king's kids and we deserve all this, the riches of the world, rather than saying it's a leading in morality and it's a leading in the truth. I love what it says, we should, we should not be following after the world's philosophies. And this is a huge issue where where my friends, I was a psychology major in college before I got saved. And I know other Christians that have gone on and and are into psychology, especially young people. It's a very popular thing to get. You know why? (laughs) Not a lot of math (laughs) or physics. So everybody goes, well, I'll do the easy, I'll do the easy degree, easier, so they think. But here's the issue. It's the wisdom of man and not God. And so you have to be very, very careful. I'm all for Christian counseling, biblical counseling, Christian and biblical philosophy as it's centered on God. But man's philosophy, I would say that's putting yourself in the tail position, not the head position. We are to stand up and say, no, no. The truth is God has established this world. He has created it and we are not evolved. And we are not simply biological units. We are his precious creation and he loves us therefore we have value and our value is not in loving ourselves our value is in loving god with all our hearts with all our soul with all our minds because we ourselves are nothing and so it's by it's by realizing realizing that that you are nothing that you then find your freedom and your value in christ not by trying to put value on yourself through the philosophies of man and learning how to love yourself it's a completely different way of having looking at yourself in a completely different worldview but it's the one that works. And this is why overwhelmingly Christians are those that are with the Christian worldview. Remember, so many Christian churches are not Christian. They don't have a Christian worldview. They're little more than agnostic people coming together to sing songs. But true Christians that are reading their Bible, fellowshipping, following the Lord, serving the Lord, their depression rate and the issues that go on in the church divorce are lower, definitely lower than the world itself. So it's interesting um, study there. Well, let's go into a time of prayer now and pray for the things going on around us, things in the world. We do want to keep lifting up those that are dealing with um, sickness and different issues, severe issues going on, and marriages. I uh, just, you know, I've <laughs> had someone call last night and, and dealing with a marriage issue, and I can tell you, it's, it's just overwhelmingly the people that are struggling in their marriages are the people that do exactly what Israel did in the Old Testament, that God says, look, I place a blessing and a curse before you. If you walk before me and serve me and focus on me, I will bless you and I will bless your family and I will bless your marriage. But if you turn away and walk away from me, well, it's not that God says in the New Testament I'll curse them, but there's a, there's a consequence for that and you start dealing with all kinds of issues. And so this is why we want to encourage people to walk closely, circumspectly, like the Bible says, with their God. So, so it's not just to please God, it's to receive all the benefits as well and have your marriage and your family blessed. So Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that we have and we thank you for bringing us together on the radio. And we'll rejoice, God, when we have these various hardships, and thank you that we have one medium we can communicate on, and we thank you for that. But we do, God, ask that you would teach us to, again, just be strong in our decision to follow after you, to be committed to it, and to watch how you bless. These concepts are constant through the Bible. Even though we may be in tribulation, we can still find the peace that surpasses all understanding in the tribulation. And I'm thankful for people like Maria Elena and even Susie in the United States, who, people who have cancer that have had it for a long time. And some of you do have, some of you are, uh, others are, are dealing with it right now. And even though they're fighting a major war in their battles, and in some cases a losing battle, they still have the joy of the Lord. There is no worldly wisdom that can bring that to you. It's the Lord. Because you know, and they know, that their future is bright. And what God is holding and reserving for them is a blessing beyond any comprehension. And so they're not living for now They're living for the kingdom, and they're living for him. So, God, we thank you for that. We thank you that we always have that available to us. So grant us, God, that mindset to keep going in the midst of difficulties. And we do pray for the marriages that are struggling and the different things that are going on in the world. And these new things breaking out all over the world, God, this protest in Israel, and again, the the forces of darkness trying to rage against the light in, in one sense in the political realm trying not to allow anything of a conservative bent or religious bent, even going as far as trying to outlaw any mention of Jesus and make it against the law in Israel to witness against Jesus in much more severity than it is now. So a lot of things going on, God, as well as the wars. And so we ask for your, your grace to guide us through these things, keep our joy, God, um, alive as we go through these things. We thank you. We live in the midst of a, of a time where we see the beginning of, of all these events that are leading up to the tribulation, but we are a people of hope, and we look to you and have hope. We thank you for the people that you're saving, the lives that you're touching, the new people that are coming to church, the people that are getting excited about their walks. God, may you continue to do that. The kids at the mission, may you continue to use Renee and the teachers and, the, and those that are in the kitchen, Supporting all the work to encourage these kids to come through all the difficulties of growing up and to maintain their faith and their walk with you. They have so much to deal with, so many temptations, so much of the darkness is being forced upon them at such an early age where they're even challenged about their own gender from kindergarten to first grade, God. how How can we stand against that if we don't have you? We need you to intercede. So we thank you for blessing us, and thank you for the grace that we walk in. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you, guys. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.